of the many things that Marbles has meant to me and the reasons that, that, I, that I did it were to, um, to, well, to help others, but to make sense of it myself, to like turn it around and take this very difficult, painful experience and make it, well, to put it simply, make it a positive thing. Mm-hmm. You know, making it making it something that is actually worthwhile. If I could attempt to imagine putting myself in in your shoes or for an undertaking like this, I mean, that would certainly be a concern ahead of the release of the book. Is um, how, how I how how I broached this sort of subject and how kind of you know not only academia but people who. Um, you know, are, are, are experiencing the same issues would, uh, would relate to it and whether, you know, whether I, I don't know if sensitive is the right word, but you know, how, how people, you know, how people in, in the same state would react to it. You know, I, I thought when I was, when I was setting out and in the middle of it and that the harshest, most heartfelt criticism that I was going to get would be from other people who were bipolar, mm-hmm. you know, like you're trying to talk for me or it's anything, you know, I know, it's hard not to get defensive about something that you're really sensitive about that you feel is a personal flaw, you know, to see it depicted anywhere. But really, it's been it, it just, uh, uh, I think, welcomed to just have that voice, to have a, to have a voice out there at all, to have a, to have a story out yeah. there at all, in particular in comics. I mean, I think that there are, some, that there are other excellent prose uh, memoirs about bipolar disorder, about mood disorders. Um, but uh, it's unusual to have it in the form of a graphic memoir. Is, is it welcome in, in the respect that it's just more, you know, I guess easily accessible than, uh, you know, potentially kind of a dense volume on the topic? I would say so. I mean, I, I have a lot... I have a lot of feelings about uh, the the power of comics. Mm-hmm. I've been teaching I've been teaching comics too for oh god over ten years now, and so I've thought a lot about why why it is that comics are such a powerful storytelling medium. And I think um, there's uh, of the of the many reasons I would say that the words are really specific and very descriptive, and they give us a very clear sense of things and pictures can have an emotional impact that words alone don't. And by pictures, I also mean the design of the page and the hand lettering and, um, all of, and all of the different iconography that we use like word balloons and the way we do panels. And so combining all of those things together along with a certain flexibility, I think that comics are given in, in chronology and storytelling style, um, it may, it just it makes for it makes for a really intimate, interesting, uh, involving experience reading a comic. Are, are we still in a place right now? I mean, you know, have you found, especially as this this book is 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 reaching people that that you that you hadn't reached in the past, and and certainly you know, and and, and maybe in, in some cases people that don't really have much exposure to the medium. I'm wondering if there's still a sense out there amongst people that, you know, maybe this isn't a mature enough medium to tackle something like that. You know, I mean, is, 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 does that stigma, does that stigma still exist at all? Sure. Of, of course it exists. Though I would say that I haven't 
personally encountered a lot of that. I know I, w- I was just uh, I was just talking with Larry Reed at the Fanographics bookstore down mm-hmm. in, in Seattle, um, and he just got another shipment and said that more than any other book there, people are coming in who really have never read comics before, mm-hmm. and um, and just sort of blinking at the store and and buying marbles. But you know, one thing one thing that has not changed about the way that people can find books like Marbles or Mouse or Palestine or any other sort of nonfiction uh, or journalistic comic is that is that they're shelved with graphic novels or they're shelved with comics Mm -hmm. like like uh if you go to the section the psychology section of your bookstore Mm. you're not going to find marbles it's it's going to be on the it's going to be with the comics and so i think that that's that's one thing i don't really have a good answer to that you know because because i also i I would want to find it in both places Mm -hmm. But you know that starts to sound like, like uh, what you can do with a computer more than you can do in a yeah, bookstore. Yeah. Get into that territory, or just you know how many places can I possibly get them to put my my book in oh, the store? Okay. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'd really love to see it shelved next to the other bipolar memoirs. This yeah. little section, and and uh, and that's just how it is right now. It, it sounds like you know, and um, I guess outside of the the books, the bookstore shelving setting, though, that it's gotten you, you know, in in, in into places that are kind of outside the, uh, you know, when it when it comes to sort of touring and when it comes to interviews, to places that are outside the kind of standard fare for you know people who just wrote a comic. I guess the most unusual place that I have done a reading for Marbles was in Sarajevo. How about that? Yeah, it's pretty good. How did how did you how did you end up there? <laughs> well, the U.S. Embassy was doing a program. The, uh, the U.S. Embassy of Bosnia and Herzegovina were having a program that was um, it was like a community book group um, mm-hmm. that a lot of cities here in the U.S. have, where there's oh the whole community reads the same book and um, and then there are the you know they bring in the author to give a talk and then they you know different book discussion groups. And so in, um, in Sarajevo or in Bosnia and Herzegovina, they were um, doing this for the high school students around the country. And they were using um, Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian, hmm. which was a book that came out in 2007, uh, 2008, 2007, I think that was written by Sherman Alexi, who's a, uh, Seattle writer, and I collaborated with him on that, and I did a ton of um, uh, comics and cartoons and illustrations. And so for their program, they uh, flew me out there, and I stayed there for like a week, and they had a, they had a essay contest and a, and a comics contest, and it was really amazing. But, but when I was asked to go... I was really right in the middle of doing marbles. And I was, I just, you know, really, I just, I'm so focused on this thing that yeah. it's mine and that is right now, you know, go back and do something that's, you know, at or six years old. 
Um, and so I talked with, uh, her name is Sunshine, my contact there, the attache. She, uh, she said that she, she grew up in Kentucky with, with, what did she say? Hippie hillbilly parents. So she was Sunshine. And she was really cool. Anyway, so, um, I told her that I was in the middle of this marbles and she, to her great credit, she um, ordered a copy and read it and wrote to me that she really liked it and and t- had some personal shares as many, many people that even interviewers, even interviewers have um, shared with me uh, and said that, yeah, we could do some um, the presentations for marbles while I was there. So I did. I talked with a, with a couple of different, um, had some lunches, psychologists there and stuff. And then I gave a presentation at a university. It was great. It was interesting. It's really interesting. Did did you have a sense early on that this would be a project with, 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 with broader appeal? Um, and you know, is, is, is is it obviously you've done, you've done autobiography in the past, but you know, in, in a sense, is this a more, a more personal project? Well, I mean, it's definitely, much more revealing than anything that I've done. You know, I really don't think I've ever worked so hard on anything. I've I've made that statement and then kind of taken a step back and and thought about it. And I think if any if if nothing else, it's it's really up there. For, you know, emotionally, uh, it was really really challenging. Um, uh, just logistically, I'd never done a full length. Um, book beginning to end. I have collections mm-hmm. of my shorter work and you know, like serial work from newspapers, but not sitting down to do an entire book beginning. How do you how do you even map that out? Yeah. Um, and then the whole you know um, coming coming out socially and professionally. Are people not going to want to hire me anymore? Are you know friends that don't even know? I was always very private about it. But it really, it felt like, um, in some ways, it felt like it, it was time. It's a story. It's a story that I, that I have, that I've had, and that I wanted, to, I wanted to process myself in this way. And I wanted to be able to, to share that with other people for whatever strength or inspiration or understanding they might be able to glean from it. So why 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 take this all in on in, in in one piece then? Well, I could, you know I couldn't imagine doing it not all in one piece. It really, the idea for doing this as a comic um, came up well well before I started. I would say in the early two thousands, sometime that I was at my psychiatrist's office and just just frustrated about something. I don't know. I just, I remember like, like something was really absurd to me. And I realized that I was going to have to, that I was going to have to process this. I was going to have to deal with it in a comic. Hmm. Just that's my medium. You know, if I was a musician, I was like, damn it, I am. Now I'm going to have to write some song. I'm going to have to write an album. You know, I'm good. I'm going to have to figure this out using my, using my medium. Cause it's, it's how I'm going to work this out. Um, but it took me a really long time before I felt like I was stable enough that I was stable in my stability, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that that I could that I could deal with it. What do you mean when you, we say work it out? I mean, is it, is it just this concept that you're not going to be at peace with it until you've created a sort of a large, a, a vast, 
work of art, uh, you know, based on, based on your experiences and feelings? Yeah. You know, uh, like, um, one of the things that I deal with in, in marbles is, um, is this whole, this whole question about being a crazy artist, Mm -hmm. you know, like I have a certain pride in that I'm a crazy artist. And at the same time, I feel very strongly that I need to be stable. One thing that I never wanted to really approach was if I, if I still cycled, if I still had episodes, Mm -hmm. if I still um, had that kind of what I considered the sort of passionate inspiration, um, if if I had if I had that would I be would I be a better artist? And it's something that I never wanted to think about because it because I feel like I need to be stable in order mm-hmm. to live. And so um, so going through and and making sense of that, making sense of you know like why it is that I smoked pot for as long as I did, even though I knew that maybe it wasn't the best thing for me. You know, like, wasn't I, wasn't I taking care of my health? Well, yeah. Well, how do I make sense of that? And turning those things around and talking with uh, different, oh, my God. I, I talked with my different family members and my friends about what I was like and what it was like for them and had some of the most intense conversations that I've had with my dad. So putting all of those things, taking them apart, really examining them and examining them really as as clear-eyed as I could and putting them back together mm. yeah so yeah that's what I mean like working it out taking the questions yeah. that I had and really approaching them and turning them around as you're putting as you're putting the art on the paper you're you're proving to yourself that you you can still in fact make art even you know even, even on medication even when you're not cycling Right, right. Like I said, I felt like I needed to wait until I was pretty s- secure in mm-hmm. my secure in my stability. Mm-hmm. But the reason that I say that is that there is like there's no cure, so I can only be relatively stable. I can never be like, ha ha, I'm done. I guess I have felt that uh, that um, even if I weren't fulfilling my entire potential, mm. that I was having a satisfying artistic life experience yeah um and i've i've come to think actually and a lot of it was in the course of thinking about it doing marbles that i am actually most creative stable Mm -hmm. and and that i'm not i'm not impeded by my medications and that cycling besides being tremendously hard on my body and relationships and everything um it it really didn't didn't um, lend itself to good work. I just I couldn't I couldn't concentrate when I was manic, and you know you can hardly do anything when you're depressed, really. So 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 being stable actually is good for me artistically, inspiration wise, in a, in every way. So, so I mean, as you look back at and and you 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 cited some some examples in there, Van Gogh probably being the most prominent. Um, you, you know, wh- wh- whether it was it was being bipolar that that made them creative. I'm I'm wondering if when you look back, if you think that that those people were um, in fact creative in spite of that. You know, now that you've gotten to this place where you realize that in order to kind of fulfill your t- potential, that you need to be stable. Who's to say, really? 
everybody has their everybody has their own experience, mm-hmm. and that's like all, all I can tell is mine. Really, I have no idea what what Van Gogh's work would have been like sure. if he had been stabilized. Sure. And you know, like that, that's kind of like, ooh, what would his work have been like? Would he have, <laughs> you know, like painted whatever, like flowers and puppies or whatever? And I, you know, like, meh. I mean, we don't, we don't know. He might have been an amazing, different kind of painter. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some creative. Anne Sexton was one, the poet Anne mm-hmm. Sexton, who felt that it was the artist's um, role to give to go through pain in order to express it for the people who would feel that pain but can't express it themselves which is um which is interesting but she committed suicide really early yeah when she was young and so what do you make of that and there is no good answer about that right i mean that's one of the things <laughs> that's one of the things that I don't know. Somebody somebody said that they found they found marbles frustrating because I um, don't have answers. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I I think it's it's um, not it's not some it's something that I really really tried to um, to be flexible about. Like I I don't want to say I know what's good for you. I know how different things are going to affect you. I know what will work for you for your creativity. Because I want I I want to encourage people to be healthy, you know, mm-hmm. be to to figure out what they what they want and how they can get it. Yeah, I mean those are those are also incredibly difficult questions to to answer when you're in the throes of it, you know, as you were when you were writing the book. Well, there's no answer. Yeah. I mean, so basically what I did was I brought up a lot of questions. I, uh, I don't know. I guess I explored them mm-hmm. as best I could to figure out what that meant for me. And hopefully uh, in the process gave enough of those, you know, uh, explorations, like the different studies that I looked up and the different kinds of uh, treatments that I tried and all of those experiences that people can either relate to or not and kind of kind of put things together themselves. Oh yeah, I had that experience too. For example, if someone was like, I had that experience too on Depakote, you know, maybe that was what was going on. Or maybe just because Depakote didn't work that, you know, I should try something else. It worked. Huh. So there are no answers. They're, they're they're almost like philosophical questions. Sure. How how active, if at all, was was your was your therapist in the in the process of of writing this? Um, she had a kind of a funny role. She uh, really wanted to make sure that she didn't become my um, uh, kind of information advisor. Hmm. You know that I that I didn't ask her. Um, about well specifics about 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 bipolar disorder or um, studies and stuff like that. Her main concern was to keep me healthy because going going through going through the process of 
of putting this book together was emotionally very difficult. And I, I mean, I was, I was excavating some of the most intense and difficult parts of my life. So that was what she was focusing on. Um, she did give me some things like, well, it was, uh, she gave me the contact information, the name of a friend of hers who was a psychiatrist, um, Dr. Neumeyer, who wound up being the person that I ran things by, mm-hmm. you know, send him, send him an email, Dr. Neumeyer, manic depression and bipolar disorder. Are they the same thing? It's, you know, like sometimes they're used interchangeably. They are the same thing. Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting place to be in because you know, in, in in some respects, I would imagine that it's her her job to, um, if not in the context of writing a book, but just in the context of you're working through these issues, to um, be there to kind of explain the specifics to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's also she's also extremely ethical, mm-hmm. and her uh, I mean, just you know. In submitting this to insurance, say for example, she's she's giving a, a doctor's visit. She's not giving me um, the information mm. for my job that yeah. I'm working on. I had a number of archival mm, pieces, let's say that I was that I was working from that helped me piece my own story together and keep it kind of chronologically making sense. And those were my journals that I had kept like just spiral bound lined paper journals and my sketchbooks. And, uh, and she gave me a copy of my, um, my medication history. Hmm. That was super helpful because I would remember things like, yeah, that happened when I was on Tegretol. And so I had the date for when I was on Tegretol, which wasn't very long. So um, so I, it really helped me to, to put things together, um, those as, uh, markers, I guess. Did, did it, did the medic, any, any of the medi- medication that you were trying out, did it, ha- did it that specifically have an effect on your memory? Oh yeah. Well, lithium does. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny when I was just saying, no, I can't remember the, <laughs> I can't remember the question. It's like, oh shit, that's going to be, it's not because it's, because it's a hot day and because <laughs> I'm just a regular person. Um, but yeah, lithium, lithium in particular, um, has, uh, has, has often, often has an effect on memory for a lot of people. And I know for me, at different uh, times, for the most part, no. But I know that um, no, it was even just maybe a couple of years ago that I was really feeling like uh, that my memory that my memory was getting weird in a very sure. particular way. Um, that um, you know, you know how that is when you can't think of a word. You're like, ah, oh, sure. what is that word that that w- that happens a lot. It's I think it's word recall and. That it's the it's it's like um, it feels to me like things are uh, underwater. Like the word is a ball that's underwater, and it never can break the surface. Yeah, and it gets frustrating after a while. It's that it's that kind of that's just that one, and just you know not not remembering uh, enough specifics of a conversation, stuff like that. But so even, even just a few years ago, my, I, you know, I told her that and she decreased the lithium and then it was fine. 
I, I was talking the other day about the role, the very specific role of a, of a therapist. And, um, I don't know, um, I don't know if you've ever gone to a therapist. Maybe I won't ask you that too directly, but, um, <laughs> well, my, my mother is a therapist, if that helps at all. Oh, so I do have well, some experience. But you know, that's actually, that's a funny, that's kind of a funny wrinkle. Cause the thing is that, uh, a therapist, you is a, it's a very specific relationship that you mm-hmm. don't have in with anyone else because what there because there are no social ramifications outside of the office you don't know them mm-hmm. outside of the office now i know that this is probably different for some people who accidentally run into their therapists or whatever but um it's really it's really rare that she that she will kind of I can I can tell like kind of take a step back and give me anything along the lines of advice mm. or you know like encouragement. Well, that makes it sound like she's dour, which she's not. But you know, like like you can do it. You know that that kind of thing. She it would be more it would be more referencing things that I have done. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that. Did, did and she did. I pushed her at the very end when I gave her a copy of marbles when yeah. it was done i was gonna ask you and, yeah yeah and um and she uh she didn't say she didn't say anything at the hmm. next appointment and so so uh the next one i was like well <laughs> i just what you read any, read any good books <laughs> you know, like, i know i'm putting you in an awkward position yeah you know, like but you know, and so we had to, you know, like, well, what do you want me to, you know, because what, what's she going to, what's she going to give me a critique? She's going to tell me about, you know, like how accurate it is or isn't, yeah. or like, what do I want? And she wound up just kind of, you know, she's like, you know, just tell me like a person. She's like, well, I'm, I'm proud, I'm proud of you. Hmm. And, and then, and then immediately said, is that weird? Is that weird? for me?" <laughs> so you think. You know, like I, I think that it's probably pretty uh, e- easy for her to fall into uh, kind of a, a either an authoritative or a parental role. I mean, she's my doctor, yeah. right? Um, or for for it to kind of have have that suggestion, and she wants to avoid that for sure. Yeah. How, how did you approach actually um, the the that? that? that subject. I mean, obviously there's, there's, um, there's ethical concerns on her side, but I guess, I guess you wouldn't have the same, the, the same on yours. So, I mean, you were, you were, you were pretty candid when it came to, um, your interactions with her in marbles. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that, uh, I emphasized just, just so far as the storytelling goes, I would have to say that I, that I emphasized the, the kind of, uh, straight part of her, the more dry part mm-hmm. of her, then the like she can be really funny she thinks i'm funny you know she's she's not she's not as uh stiff there but other than that yeah well i mean it it also doesn't look exactly like her <laughs> i made i made some i made some people well anyone everyone who was in the book i asked um if if it was okay for me to use their name mm-hmm. And if it was okay for me to use their likeness and she's one that I changed her name and her likeness sort of. 
she just she she just had concerns about being specifically being named in the book. Well, this is I mean, it's part of her um, sort of being very ethical. Sure. Is that confidentiality is really important to her? So both for hers and for mine and for her other patients, she doesn't want to be kind of a public figure. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's that's where that came out. I'm kind of wondering in, in, in the respect of this being in a sense, your most personal and, and, and your biggest undertaking, whether or not you feel like as you, as, as you keep going, um, you know, in the, in the memoir realm, whether or not you feel like you have to keep telling larger and larger stories. No. Okay. I think whatever it is, my next, I, I, um, I mean, people started asking me what my next thing was going to be while I was still, on my tour, I mean, for my barbells tour. And at that point I could be like, you know, like, are you kidding? And, and, you know, at this point it's actually a much more realistic question. Um, But at the time I would sometimes say that uh, it was going to be about flying squirrels that create a colony on the moon sure, or something. And um, there is, I would say some truth to that. Not in that story specifically, but in that I just want to do something really different. Yeah, I, you know, it doesn't it doesn't need to be fluff like that. Um, but um, but it really has to be really different. It's not going to be a Marvels two. I'm not going to mine my past for other pain. I <laughs> <laughs> can I can you know like talk about so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I know that it's going to be different. Yeah, there's got to be a little bit of pain in there, right? When it when it comes to autobiography, <laughs> I mean, not 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 necessarily more or larger than than the last book, but that that's that's got there's got to be an element of it. One of the things actually that was uh, that was um, odd, ironic, perhaps for me in my in my career up until Marbles, mm-hmm. I really made a very pretty specific point of keeping my work pretty upbeat. Hmm. And, I mean, if you look at my body of work, it has a tendency to be pretty, you know, like celebratory or silly or really kind of focusing on, uh, on, I don't know, things that are fun to read. They were fun for me to do and fun for me to read. And one of the reasons that I did that, I made that choice really deliberately, very consciously, because of um, just as a reaction to just how so much art isn't isn't considered deep unless it's unless it's painful or depressing and and like you know like so much you know whatever just kind of like picturing like dance that's just full of angst and and just like dissonance and just all of that that it's immediately profound just because it's a downer. And, um, and so mine was a reaction to that. Just, you know, I mean, hoping that my stuff wasn't actually like fluff, like, like, uh, kind of meaningless fluff, but, but, um, that had a, that had a point and was interesting and was hopefully, but was positive. And, um, and so this work, my most heartfelt and what I've worked on the most and that to, to me is most moving to me um was full of pain yeah <laughs> i mean you know with uh you like always dark sense of humor and all but um 
but it really kind of went against a lot of what my what my philosophy philosophy was uh, to that point so far as tone went and well and material. Did you have any fun at all working on this book? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it was so satisfying. I can't tell you. I mean, I'll tell you just one tiny instance of, of many. I mean, I don't make it, I don't, I don't mean to make it sound like it was just an enormous drag. It was yeah. really hard. Um, but like, um, a phlebotomist is the person that takes your blood, mm-hmm. um, when you're getting a blood draw. And I hate getting blood draws. I've always hated getting blood draws. And so many phlebotomists are just, they're just kind of, they're not, they're not, you know, they're, they're, they don't have to be that trained. I mean, it's mm. not, it's not like they went to med school. They're, they, they just, they're trained to be a phlebotomist. And, and so that I was able to make fun of them, like <laughs> those pages where I was going through my meds, I was like, literally like, like cracking up. There were, there were times that I, that I just had to kind of take a step back and let myself laugh at my own work. And I'll tell you, there's nothing satisfying like making yourself laugh with your own with your own stuff Especially, no no it was really satisfying yeah. it was a it, it, it had many fun parts but it was also uh it was uh it it had many many different aspects many different many different things yeah I, i've got to imagine the most the most fulfilling part is is being done with it in a sense um it i i knew when i was setting out that i had to do it had to do it as for me as best I could um, and to as best I could to say what I wanted to say. And at the very end, I felt like I did that. All right. That was Ellen Forney. Uh, her, uh, her new book came out in uh, November of last year. It's called Marbles, Mania, Depression, Michelangelo and Me. Um, definitely, definitely worth your time. It uh, delves pretty deep into her struggles with, uh, with bipolar disorder. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite books of last year. Uh, thanks so much to her for joining us on uh, one particularly hot day in Seattle. Uh, wanted to thank Brian, as always, for mixing this thing together. Uh, thanks to uh, Mark and everybody else at Boing Boing for for, for hosting us over there. Um, if you liked what you heard, you can rate us over on iTunes. You are strongly encouraged to do so. Um, thanks to the, I guess now five people, five people who rated it looking, looking pretty good these days. Um, so, you know, why not be the six? Uh, you can, uh, you can follow us over on Tumblr. It's R I Y L cast.tumblr.com. Send us an email. Also R I Y L cast. That's over at gmail.com. And uh, do stay tuned. We've got a lot of good shows lined up. Uh, we spoke to uh, Scott Ackerman of, of uh, Comedy Bang Bang and Mr. Show. Uh, DJ Spooky had a great great conversation with DJ Spooky, actually, uh, in Union Square in New York. Um, oh, I, I, I was in Portland recently. Talked to a few people out there. Uh, Dave Allen, the former bass player of Gang of Four now kind of a, a social media guru of sorts um spoke to uh martha grover and nicole george both uh both Por- portland zinesters so uh so yeah lots of lots of fun stuff lots of fun stuff coming up so uh thanks for uh thanks for listening and we'll uh, we'll catch you next week on another episode of r i y l 